0: start on their big night for portland to the
1: greatest, love you
0: you beautifully done by lafc you can certainly pose a few questions over portland's defending the greatest,
2: and the spectacular effort by brian fernandez provides hope for portland
0: Tim Beers, Woo. I'm Jason. And I'm Gary. We're the uh, Portland Tim Beers. We talk a little about soccer, beer,
3: and pretty much anything else that may come up. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. There you go. Well, buddy, we uh, recorded earlier today a uh, fantastic interview. Yes. So we've got that to share. Uh, The guys from beer country. uh, Those guys are a riot. Yeah, from South Africa. uh, Joined us at 11 o'clock our time. What did they they say? It was their time? It
3: was 8 o'clock their time.
0: 8 o'clock their time. So, yeah, wonderful, wonderful interview. So we'll share that with the listeners here shortly. Um, we attended the Timbers home match last night. Yeah, first game and at home in twelve games. Twelve so. games. Um, interesting stuff there. Sliding a the beer down to you, buddy. So. Okay. Um, just take a whiff off that. What do you smell?
3: That doesn't smell like beer.
0: <laughs> What's it smell like? That's
3: beer, dude. It's golden. Oh, I know, but that—that uh, that initial smell is not beer. What's the taste? I don't know. I haven't tasted it yet. Wow, there's
0: a lot in that. Woo! A lot in that.
1: <laughs> a
3: little bit of sour funk going on. Yeah. It, what's weird about it is it starts off really dry. Yeah, then it goes sour, and then it goes to you get a pucker factor at the end, and you got some oak in there, some heavy oak. Must be really heavy because I'm not uh, not picking up on that.
0: You didn't get the oak?
3: Mm-mm. So, I never
0: get the oak though. So this is by Ale Song again, down in Eugene. Uh, tart ale brewed with lime, orange, and sea salt, aged in tequila barrels.
3: Oh boy!
0: <laughs> <laughs> then with the night. <laughs> Well, it's got no tequila in it. Yeah, <laughs> just residual. No, it's just the oak the tequila used to be in. Mm. It's just tequila. It's going to tequila. Yeah, I'm going to end up in misery <laughs> here. <laughs> you didn't even taste it right off the bat. That's why I didn't even say anything. Yeah, and I still don't really yeah. taste it. No, so. I think it's the smell. As soon as you smelled, I'm like, oh, he's going to get the giveaway. If you smell it, it smells like tequila. A
3: little bit, yeah. yeah. But it had a a sweeter, more zesty uh, smell to it.
0: Yeah, so this is their uh, Gose Añejo, and it is uh, golden in color, pretty effervescent. I mean, lots of little tiny bubbles in there. Um, Kind of a little bit of a haze to it. A little bit sweet, as Gary said, gets really, really sour. And uh, I taste like slight hints of oak at the backside of it, so it's pretty tasty. A good, good beer by Ale Song. This is our second in two episodes. Did Rhino Suit a couple weeks ago. Wait till this bad boy opens up, dude. That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah, <laughs> you drink it now. <laughs> Get it down while it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Timbers,
3: a mm. big loss yesterday. Yeah. What would you think? Um, Yeah, you know, it it was disappointing. Um, We saw some major gaffes occur that we just couldn't recover from. You know, the obvious one is Antonella's kick out directly to LAFC and then getting scored on uh, um, from indecision and and part on that piece. And then a defensive gaff where we left one of their guys wide open, and he just blows in and... uh, Volleys it out of the air right into the back of the net. So, yeah, we've had a couple of those where
0: Aunt Nella's been in, has made some sort of questionable delivery of a ball, uh, tried to distribute out to the left side this time, and Vela was there just to pick it off, and I mean, just finished it beautifully. Yeah,
3: punished us. Tot- um, totally punished us for the mistake.
0: And so, pretty pretty egregious mistake from a goalkeeper perspective yeah um but nothing that would totally like kill you if but you got steve clark sitting on your tail
3: well yeah and,
0: and you've and, been benched the last three or four games
3: and now yeah what's going on because he melted my friend i mean well but that that's the part that i didn't quite understand is why geo left him in Right, because he did melt. He I lost his shit. Dude. I mean, he, he mentally was just not in the game as much he, as he normally is. Hands um, on his
0: head after the goal, like leaning against the Timbers' army against the yeah. back wall. There, I mean, like it, just uh, shaking
3: his head. I thought for sure he would have been pulled out. Just if I would have been a coach, I would have pulled him just for my mental state. You know, totally. State. One, I'm thinking kind of to protect the player mentally said, okay, you jacked up, but guess what? The pressure's off. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, And I think Gio might have went the other route with that, left him in thinking that maybe he could get him mentally back into it. Right. And I didn't see that happen. (laughs) No,
0: he was a shell of what he looked like last year. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I know that uh, he's been on the bench for the last three or four games. And Clark's been playing pretty good. Not bad. Not leaking in three or four goals a game. No.
3: Yeah. And it's um, and you listen to the interviews with Geo and, and a couple of the other staff from the Timbers, and everybody there says they've got two starting goalkeepers. Right. Um, which is a great problem to have, but I don't think I'm seeing two starting goalkeepers right now. No. Not, I'm not. with some of the, the issues that that, I mean, the distribution issue is huge. Well, Clark's got some confidence.
0: If you look at him, he's got some moxie, The like, the way he holds himself. Right. And even if he shouldn't, he still has he it. He still has right? it. Yeah. Um, and then the other guy, I mean, Jeff, I mean, he's a professional podcaster. So maybe that's probably <laughs> what he should focus on. No, I'm kidding. Not really, but kind of. Oh, wow. <laughs> <That> <laughs> brutal. Well, I mean, I just think that, look, he's got a lot going on, and... And he's been great for the timbers, but his head's not in it. And I just don't. And we talked about this a few weeks, a couple months ago. Yeah. He was moving like an old man. The way he was bending over for balls, stuff that was pretty simple. He was just.
3: Looked like he was arthritic, man. And his timing seemed to be off just a hair, too, right? um, At that time point. So I don't know what's going on either, Uh, whether it's an aging issue or just the little knocks that he keeps getting here and there are starting to add up. Um, I don't know. Yep. So, and then
0: uh, LA looks fantastic, man. I'm actually jealous of that team. They look freaking unbelievable. Yeah, they did look pretty good. Yeah, they uh, they are lighting things up the way Atlanta did last year. Uh, totally in control of that match all the way through. I would say we were not in control at all. We played a good counter game, which yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but... I want to see the Timbers actually control the tempo, control the pace against good teams. I mean, and we had all of our starters in. We didn't look fantastic at all.
3: No, we didn't. Um, and, and that could have just been, you know, it, back home jitters, first home game. You would think they would have played better being it, being at home and being their first home match. But um, and we'll see what happens. The, the thing I'm kind of worried about is... The center back injury issue. Yeah. Um. How long is that going to be? That that we were out one of our major center backs. Um, I don't think it really matters. I think I mean as in the
0: clip in the in the opener here, the announcers were like, "If there was a time to question anything, it's the Timbers defense because it is, yeah,
3: fucking horrid. <laughs> I mean, it is terrible. Well, it is." We've, the sad thing is, is, they've got great moments. They hold great lines a lot of times. They keep their shape a lot. But they're porous. They and, have big Well, holes. yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden, this hole just out of nowhere shows up, and the other team manages to exploit it every single time.
0: Yeah, I just. There's no communication on the back line as it relates to those holes. They're doing a great job, as you said, of holding shape, holding the line, playing a high press. But, like, Ritt. I'll give the boat captain something. <laughs> Just a little something. He was very, very, very good about making sure those holes were covered for the most part. Now, he would step in his own shit every once in a while. Like, well, if the sure. ball was coming at him or the hole was nearing him... Yeah. It was very often he would, like, not try or put the effort in. Right. But that said, he was very good about making sure everybody else was kind of doing their jobs. And this, this back line, man... I mean... <laughs> Maria, I love him for how physical he is and how far he can get up the field and do some of the stuff he does. Right. And he's a very, very physical defender in the back, which I like. But it's weird. Like, he's he's getting his ass kicked by some of these faster wings. Yes. And then Villafania, we've talked about this for like a month now. I mean, what the hell happened
3: to this guy? I don't know. Um, He left in absolute prime form. And when we got him back, he doesn't seem to be that way anymore. Well, he looked
0: decent last year at times, and then this year
3: doesn't even look decent at times. Mm-mm.
0: So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if there's one big concern, and I thought again, we bring in a big offensive star like Brian Fernandez, uh, um, that, that would take of that pressure off. off. Yeah, yeah. No, it looks like horse shit, dude. We're giving up three goals still a game.
3: So nasty. Yeah, decision. and that, and we're we're giving up those goals on silly little mistakes it's it's not like the other team is pulling off some dramatic awesome play and scoring off of it they're just capitalizing off portland's silly defensive mistakes um, or distribution mistakes yeah i was the old seattle guy that i go back and
0: forth with sounders guy up (laughs) in seattle there he uh, texted me last night during the middle of the game good old steve thanks steven appreciate it He's like, uh, well, worth the wait, another L, but hey, maybe it looks better from the rooftop lounge. <laughs> oh, my sides hurt from laughing. <laughs> and I'm like, all oh, I got nothing to say because Seattle's fucking now on fire.
3: I, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. We, we got nothing for comebacks. On we got now. a nice fancy new stadium, but we don't have a defense. Yeah, we're looking pretty. Yeah, so beautiful stadium. Uh, great night. I mean, it was gorgeous out.
3: It was a nice night. Yeah.
0: Um, Lights were lit. We scored some goals. Uh, wish we would have got the win, but yeah, pretty impressive stadium expansion. Did you make it over there?
3: Uh, I did not. Yeah, it was a um, shit show over there. It was a zoo. I'm gonna have to. I'll have to get down there and either do it pregame on a on a lesser packed game, or just go like when everybody's leaving the stadium.
0: Walk in beer bar over in 113 area. That's behind the suites. Yeah. <clears throat> Check that out. You know what they got on tap? Huh? Champagne of beers, baby. Miller High Life. Miller
3: High Life. Woo! <laughs> 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 Nine bucks a glass. <laughs> Did you see the uh, message from Nichols this morning? Yeah, I
0: saw the... Uh, <laughs> he had a 12-pack in his shopping yeah. Dude, I'm spreading. I'm <laughs> I'm changing happening? them one by one, baby.
3: It's crazy.
0: I'm telling you. One by one.
3: Well, the sad thing is, is we sit here and we bust the balls of these major... Distributors and, and major breweries, um, and then we turn around and come back to MGD like that. No, not MGD. Oh no, just Miller High Life. High Life, yeah, not
0: MGD. MGD's garbage, dude. High Life, <laughs> dude, it's legit champagne of beers. Wow, I'm telling you, I don't know, I don't know what it is because I've
3: I've been the guy that's beat up all these macros. No, I know that's what I'm talking. Mm. It's uh, and it's crazy. the shizzle. Well, it's and, probably just because it's hot weather out. It drinks really well. Or maybe they've just cleaned up that recipe. could be we're turning an old man, and we like cheap beer. Oh,
0: stop it. <laughs> so, anyways, well, um, I only got one thing to say about the dude that got kicked out. What's that? First and foremost, <laughs> we're a non-political show, so I'm not going to even adventure over there. <clears throat> but whatever the messaging was... If people show up to the stadium and they're trying to pick a fight, yeah. um, don't pick the fight. I mean, you're going to a place that's a hornet's nest. If you have an opposing view and you're one of 100, let's say, that have that view, yeah, or one of 1,000 or one of 20,000, probably <laughs> shouldn't go and pick the fight because you're going to get kicked out for safety and security reasons, yep. which is what that was about. Um, that was not because of your message, as it related to anything. It was because it was just literally, issue. Y- you were going to have a stadium of twenty thousand screaming Antifa people kicking the shit out of you. Yes. So, um, so pick your time and places better. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> because- That was a shit show. It got out
0: of control way
3: fast for that one guy waving a flag. And, you know, one of my famous lines that I love to tell people is, there's easier ways to commit suicide. (laughs) Not that. And that one was not it. Jesus. (laughs) 20,000 people booing
0: and giving the finger. I mean, you were going to get killed. Yes. And maybe there was... Maybe there was a thousand people that would have voiced something to protect you, but they were nowhere near you. No, <laughs> so, they, they would have had to
3: battle just yeah. to get over to you.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> but oh well, that—that's just the way it goes. Sometimes you live in a very, very, very uh, intolerable—no, intolerant city. Intolerant, yeah, intolerant city. Intolerant city to other opposing views. So, um, let's see what else. So, game was great. Let's see how was the beer selection last night. Yeah. You had a block fifteen? Or no, you had a uh, Von Ebert. Yeah,
3: I had, yeah, I had a Von Ebert Sector Seven IPA. We reviewed um, that during Zwickle. Yeah, um, and I'm actually a little pissed at the Double Post. I'm going to let them know that right off the bat, because we walk in the stadium, it's the home opener, they have on their beer list, Frim's Golden Ale. Oh, and it's gone. And I got there at like six ten. Wow! So, how is that beer already gone? It's a bait and switch. It's got to be. Yeah, they but, wanted you to buy the High Life. But that just that just how do you not have enough beer on opening day of whatever you have on your list?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think they were actually having keg issues because the first time I went over to the new walk-in area, yeah, um, High Life was not working on tap, and they had two tap handles of it. Huh? Um, And so I think they were having keg line issues. Well, the
3: weird thing was, is I asked the guy straight up. I I said, you know, can I get it from gold nail? And he was like, no, we're out.
0: Huh. Interesting.
3: I'm like, how the hell are you out?
0: Because they were pouring it later. When I went back to, when we went back later that evening and met at halftime. Yeah. They still had it there.
3: Well, they had it on the list.
0: No, they were pouring it. The guy was pouring it in front of me. Really? Yeah.
3: Oh, that so, pisses me off even more.
0: Maybe, maybe they dropped the keg and they need to get more kegs because yeah, they roll those kegs in from across the right stadium. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I thought the beer selection was better today or at the game yesterday than it normally was last year. Yeah, I they was, had more there, variety. There was definitely a lot more choice. Yeah, a lot of um. Widmer, a ton of Widmer. So, yeah. But the Dryfecta Pilsner Pilsner was mm-hmm. very, very, very good. I mean, I thought that was fantastic. Um, what else did I have? Let's see, trifecta. Oh, and I had the uh, Laurel Laurelwood pills or oh. Laurelwood Lager. That's what I had. Yeah. Have, so. How was that? Um, it was okay. Decent. Yeah, it was okay. It was yeah. it was a hot day. Um, it was okay. It was it was clear. It was drinkable. Yeah. Um, a little bit over hopped for what it was supposed to be or what I would have thought it was going to be. Right. It
3: was fine. Yeah, I didn't venture out anything but uh, just the sector seven. So
0: it didn't have any tequila barrel in it. Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a little break. Uh, we'll come back, talk a little bit about beer country, and uh, and run into the interview there. We'll come back for some full beers here shortly. Ten beers. Alright, we're back drinking a sour sunset. <laughs> the look on your head was like, what the hell?
3: Jesus. <laughs> oh my god.
0: By Mazama brewing sour sunset. A sour raspberry ale. You can taste the
3: raspberries. <laughs> You sound puckered. Yes. I'm still trying to get my lips un, 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 un freaking pursed here. That was brutal. God. What's funny is going, going from our last beer, which is the tequila barrel-aged sour, um, into that... It, I think it intensified the pe- the pucker.
0: Well, the listeners know we are not normally sour guys, so but I've, we've got a couple sours that are sit, we're, sitting in there that I needed to burn, so Whew. We're, we're playing the sour game tonight. We look for South African beers to have for these beer country guys, but uh, nothing to be found nothing. here. So, but I think we got a little deal working out here.
3: I think so. I think that's going to work out really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And if things work out financially for me going forward, I just might take a trip down there. It'd be fantastic. Go see those guys. Yeah, go hang out
0: with those guys for
3: a week or two. Well, what I'd love to do is make make like a fly fishing trip slash you know beer God. tour with those guys. Thank God, <laughs> how'd that treat you?
0: Let's get up on it. <laughs> Wowzer, dowser. It's a, it's a super pucker factor beer, isn't it? Sour Sunset by Mazama Brewing. <laughs> you got me. You soured my sunset. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a very pink in color, uh, hazy, effervescent as well. Lots of little bubbles, champagne type bubbles. And Damn. Heavy, heavy sour. berry, raspberry type taste. And then just, I'm going to kick you in the dick <laughs> with a sour punch. God. <laughs> and that's what it is, man. It is. It's like jumping into cold water. Takes a little ding-wingy and shoves it right <laughs> up there. So. Shoves it right up. And <laughs> then you pucker. It's now an any
3: Totally pucker. Yeah, so you might take a trip. That'd be good. Well, it's not going to be anytime soon. But, uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be kind of sweet to go down and maybe fly fr- fish some of the rivers and... Hang out with those guys and do some, what is it, Brie or Bry? Bry. Yeah, Bry. Taste some of the good beers down there. Well, we
0: ran across this show um, called Beer Country about six months ago. I don't even think it was that long.
2: Eh, I think it was
3: maybe, maybe two months ago.
0: And I ran across it on Amazon Prime. I was typing beer TV shows or something.
3: Yeah. And
0: uh, up pops this Beer Country, and I'm like, huh what is this? And I started watching it and it's about two brothers, uh, Greg and Carl, and they are barbecue guys. And Carl kind of like dug the homebrew scene and that kind of stuff, but both had full-time jobs. that uh, They just, they left and jumped into a barbecue food competition that's uh, kind of famous there in South Africa. And the next thing you know, they're making their own TV show. Yeah. Running across to South Africa. And you and I, I turned you onto to it. Um, it's freaking fantastic. I, I loved it.
3: Yeah. I absolutely loved it.
0: Yeah. And so you got to see some of the uh, kind of the Cape Town breweries, the southern coast of uh, South Africa, the brew scene that's going on there as these guys go around doing some crazy ap- ass shit. So...
3: Well, and the thing I think I liked about it is—is is it wasn't just about the beer. Not at all. Um, the beer was kind of a side note, as as more of you know, hey, what beers can we find that pair really good with the food that we're going to cook? Um, is is kind of the the gist that I got of it. And yeah. And they're meeting these these just amazing guys down there that are doing this the brewing and uh, in, in the, these different locations. And th- what I thought was really cool about it is you've got so many different varieties of beer being done down there because of of the different cultural pieces um, of people that are down there. Yeah, awesome um, guys. Great. So
0: we enjoyed the program like. Massively, And we got to talk, and we're like, hey, what if we tried to get these guys on the podcast? So I reached out to them on Twitter, and uh, they responded back. They were all geeked about uh, meeting some guys that like to have beer and definitely like some barbecue from America. And we went back and forth. They were at the uh, Pow Wow Brew Festival, Big Brew Festival in South Africa. So we couldn't make it happen a couple weeks ago. Um, but we got them on today. Yeah. And, and it was kind of a pain in the ass as far as the <laughs> how to record the interview with somebody from South Africa. But I think we nailed it, dude. Oh, I thought I thought it rocked. Those yeah. guys—they're
3: uh, uh, a lot of fun to talk to.
0: Yeah. So let's listen to a little promo about uh, Beer Country because you definitely check out this TV program. It is absolutely worth it. Then we'll uh, roll into the interview.
2: I'm Greg. This here's my brother, Carl. Cooking with fire is what we do. It's who we are, and it's what we love. And here in South Africa, we call it braai. We also love beer. We love drinking it, we love cooking with it. Sometimes, we even use it in the food. So I think this craft beer revolution is happening right here, right now.
1: There are hundreds of local, world-class beers, but not enough people know about them. And we're going to fix that.
2: We're hitting the open road, and our trusty Land Rover, Thirsty, She's relatively trusty. Come right along as we meet the brewers, check out the beers, and using some serious fireside skills, create the type of honest, tasty food that only playing with fire can deliver. Come eat, come eat, come eat, come eat. <laughs> Our journey is about life's greatest gifts beer, food, fire, and the open road. This is Jason from the
4: Tim Beers. I'm here with uh, Gary a uh, co-host of the Tim Beers, and uh, we thought it would be fun. We've talked a little bit about uh, Beer Country and the uh, what we saw on the Amazon Prime there um, where this things being uh, shown, and so we invited Greg and Carl from Beer Country on with us, and they graciously accepted. Greetings, guys.
1: Uh, good evening.
4: Hey, man,
2: how's it? Yeah,
4: li- life's good. So uh, thank you guys so much for coming on with us, so... You guys are the world famous stars now that Amazon's pushed this thing out, uh beer country. <laughs> <laughs> world famous no, that is,
1: so. That's what they that's what they
4: keep telling us. But um you know, we went. for anything
2: else to happen,
4: <laughs> it's all good. That means you guys are rich now, right? Yeah, no, it's just
2: uh yeah. Making it rain anyway. We just like we yeah, like women... it rain beer. Yeah.
4: Yeah, Rains beer, Rains money, women throwing themselves at you guys, I'm sure now, because of the TV show, right? Okay, uh, I
1: think that's what we
2: thought when you started, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it ended up being one big passion project uh, with no fair then. But. Yeah, no, that sounds about right. <laughs>
4: uh, so talk to, us, talk to us a little bit about the show. I know there was a show called, what, Ultimate Bry, I think which was just kind of the precursor to this whole beer country thing. For you guys kind of like the catalyst of that, how did you guys come up yeah. with this idea of beer country what role did that play?
2: well I mean uh, the show was called the ultimate brie master you know Brian in South Africa is quite a quite a big thing um, you know cooking with fire and uh, we went on that because I just shut my business call was close to you also getting out of work and we were like let's go let's go do this thing and uh, It's basically something like MasterChef and the Amazing Race with a Fire kind of thing. Fantastic. Yeah, Wenton did pretty well. Uh, We were runners up on that and then figured that we didn't want to go back to work. And we wanted to have, you know, we get like I said, coming second kind of just, just makes you angry enough to do something about stuff yourself. So we decided we were going to start our own TV show which was uh, a lot harder than we originally thought. <laughs> um, way, way, way tougher. And, but, yeah, we did it, and we were, you know worked on weekends, and we called in favors and all the rest of this, and that's how beer country, beer country started. You know, food and fire as an excuse to visit microbreweries. It's exactly as much fun as it sounds.
4: <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. No, I mean, it looked like a great... Great, great series. How long did the series take to shoot? I mean, was that over a month? Was that over a week?
1: <laughs> no, man. That took a long time, man. Because it was it was on and off whenever we could do it. Because we had to raise the money. There was no there was no backing or anything like that. We we initially went with like a thirteen episode monster, and the production company said, "This is awesome. Come back with like five million rand." <laughs> um, <laughs> so we cut it down to the shortest it could be. Um, and then we raised the money ourselves by crowdfunding with breweries and getting brands involved, and then we shot it just, I was still working at the time, so we shot it whenever we could, whenever the crew was available, whenever the weekends popped up, whenever the wives weren 't angry <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> crazy, crazy, so what was yeah, what was your favorite part of that trip so i mean i I could tell you what my favorites are first of all. Number three, where you drink the smoothie, that nasty little smoothie uh, that the penguins get, um, was fantastic. You know, but You know,
2: there, there is brewers yeast in that recipe, but it's not quite the same thing. Uh, and and, <laughs> and yeah, it's horrible. The problem comes in when you drink that thing, you're burping like pulchard na- and sardine for the next two to three hours. Like, <laughs> right. like, like, once you've tasted that, you can't untaste it. That, that that pretty much rates up there as the worst thing I think either of us had ever kind of eaten or drank or anything no, like that. Was that. that. It, was <laughs> it was brutal. It was brutal. And it was thick eh? it was like it, was yeah. much, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a one So that same that
4: same episode you guys were out there at the beach. I think you guys finished up at the beach there and uh you at the very end of it looked like you'd had a few few pops there, uh Looks like you guys are having yeah. a good time watching the sun go down, right? So, and actually, that reminds me of our earlier podcast. Gary and I tend to have a couple pops while we're recording the podcast each week, and there's some that it's an absolute shit show at the end of the at the end of the episode. How are you guys good. feeling at that one?
2: Yeah, no, that sounds. Um, yeah, we feel you on that. 100. We've we've learned along the way, and we've gotten really good at looking like we're drinking a lot of beer, but. Um, We are still learning a lot of it, and every now and again you go on the other side of that wagon. When we started filming Beer Country, um, the first two episodes, things got pretty rough. Uh, I'm not going to lie once or twice. And uh, I I learned, especially watching raw footage, which is like watching a train wreck sometimes, um, that I am not Keith Floyd. You know, I do not look good smashed on camera. So every, but yeah, yeah. every now and again, also, you're having days where you're filming for, you know, potentially 20 hours. And, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, and, and normally, you know, there's a bit of personality in the bottom of your second beer. So you get there pretty quickly. Um, but then, you know, you've got to kind of just maintain a level uh, for the rest of the day kind of thing. Because, yeah, you know, you're starting shooting at, you know, 6 a.m., but also when we were shooting, so you start shooting early, you've got to start drinking early, but we don't have
1: crew. There is no, there's, there's, a, there's two camera guys, the director and the sound guy, and then we do everything else. So it's setting up the Land Rover, breaking down the Land Rover, doing all the cooking, like anything that has to be done, you do it. There is no who swoops in and makes it all nice and then you just arrive. So the days were long, man, so you have to drink. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to drink to
4: get through. <laughs> hell yeah no, well I, I guess so is there a handler there to make sure you guys stay on track I mean the directors are obviously to make sure the, the thing's going to turn yeah. out right but if you get too far off on one side I've had five six pops in a row um, I can see things getting out of hand pretty quickly for the day yeah
1: look we we uh, we left for, on the first two ones and then we actually mm-hmm. said to ourselves look we need to
2: Make it look like we're re- drinking. Yeah. See, we, we learned how to be responsibly irresponsible. Yeah.
1: Sounding like a bit of a killer on camera.
2: But, yeah, you know, like you know, you spoke that episode three, and we were on the beach there, and, you know, that was the thing. And what, yeah. we, what we wanted to do with the, I mean, I don't think we either, I don't think I even know if I have a favorite episode. Like, I love the Carew and that's number six. But what we wanted to do with the series is showcase as much of kind of the Western Cape and Cape Town as possible. So the first one is, you know, Cape Town proper. The next one is up the Garden Route. Then one in the winelands, one on the beach, you know, one down towards the southern tip of Africa. And then, yeah, out into the Karoo, out into the dust. So really kind of showcase as much of the road trip as possible. We're super lucky in Cape Town that you've got, like, five or six different environments within an hour. And they've all got breweries in them, which is amazing. So, like, let's do that.
4: Yeah, the brew scene in South Africa is like, I had no idea it was popping that well, but it looks like it's absolutely growing. We're seeing a lot of contracture here in the States. Uh, I mean, we were growing, growing, growing. Things were popping left and right. A lot of the big breweries that kind of were foundational in the 90s are now shutting down um, because they've become irrelevant, but you guys are growing like crazy. Talk to me a little bit about some of the brew scene there, how things are going. I know you guys were just at, were you guys at Pow Wow? Is that where you guys were at?
1: Yeah, so at the, the Brewers, brewer's
4: conference. conference. Yeah,
1: that was three weeks ago. Yeah, so we it was our first time there. We actually cooked um, on the Friday night, uh, and then they gave us weekend passes, which was great. Uh, we met Garrett Oliver. Um, listened to a lot of the talks. It was really cool. It's growing. I mean, since we shot Beer Country, the scene is growing. Uh, it's been really quick and good. Um, it was. It's been. was it a bit, It's a bit shaky here and there because the economy in South Africa is pretty shit. Pretty shit. Um, we have a bunch of. Uh, Uh, government that steals everything, so (laughs) so the the economy is not in a good place, and, and, you know, luxury items like craft beer is one of the first things to go, Um, but it has been growing consistently, and the the quality has gotten so much better, and it's things like the Power Wow that have done that, the guys have realized you can't put out shit beer, because people are calling on it nowadays, I mean, back in the day, geez, you were drinking beer, People were like, Oh, this is amazing, like it's so awful. Awesome. <laughs> 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 but people didn't know anything, wow. you know? So we do have a kind of like a big five, um, in South Africa of the big the big sort of craft breweries that have made it and um, but most of them um, they're all actually all in Cape Town. Cape Town is the the center of it. Joburg is catching up, uh the rest of the country is kind of
2: it's there, but you know, it's not really there. Yeah, you're getting, I mean, you're getting quite a cool thing happening where you're getting the guys that are kind of going kind of macro-micro, um, the guys that have made successes of it and, you know, selling volume nationally in South Africa, and then you're getting quite a few people that have got these really, you know, tiny little brew pubs in like small towns all scattered around South Africa that are not, you know, it's not, they're not making award-winning beer bucking it on site and they've got great food and there's a deli there and everything so yeah you're getting you're getting super cool things like that happening as well um, so you've got literally from the smaller small up to you know national distribution and everything like that and you know some of those big five guys that Carl's talking about are, are getting some attention from the bigger guys overseas and stuff so it's uh, yeah I mean it's interesting times it's um, and it has been for the last for the last few years you know it's I think the craft scene in South Africa is now probably, if I say, a decade old. Um, 2010 it kind of really started. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and going from there. So we've had a we've had a few years, but um, but where we've gotten to in those ten years has been pretty cool.
4: Yeah, totally. So I mean, you guys visited Mitchells in episode t- episode two, I think Darling in episode three. The one that sticks yeah. out to me is the crazy German guy at Cape Brewing Company. The brewmaster there, uh, that guy's nuts, man.
1: Definitely. and it looks like
4: ridiculously awesome beer.
1: Ah, he is amazing. He is he's, I think he's one of the few actual, you know, German certified master brewers in the country. And his beers are incredible and um they they're probably in they're in the top, you know, they're they're one of the big five. Um just um that's, that's the thing, you know, our big five is like uh, tiny compared to anything over there. Um there's it's, it's
2: it's probably one of your medium-sized breweries. Yeah, a neighborhood brewery something. Yeah. You, know, it's, uh, you, know, that's, you know, that guy old Wolfgang. Um,
1: yeah, we love him.
2: He's one of our favorite people. And, you know, that's, that's the thing that we're seeing there with them is the beers that they make there at CBC, they are very much German-inspired. But they are, you know, when you've got a guy like Wolf backing the beers and making the beers, you might not like the beers, but the beers are perfect. Um, you know, that's well that's German engineering where you need it in a beer kind of thing. You know, that that's the thing and you know, Carl spoke earlier about, you know, consumers getting more educated and knowing what all flavours are in beer and it's guys like C B C and Darling and Devil's Peak that are making those quality beers that are taking the industry forward and, you know, are responsible for that level of education. And yeah, that's that's why it's it's getting a lot a lot more beer on the shelf which is which is good for everyone, good for the industry, good for the scene, yeah, good for the taste buds <laughs> yeah, absolutely, right. not
4: so good for the head the next day, so maybe you had too many yeah. <laughs> so you guys actually brew a beer in I believe it's the episode six yes. are there, are, group, there yeah. any, are there any plans to make your own beer brand
1: uh. Sure. So a lot's happened since we've since we shot. Um That beer we made uh, on the show was so fucking smoky. <laughs> it, was <laughs> drink, uh, it was like licking the inside of a smoker. Yeah, like tricky. like licking the inside of a barbecue pit. <laughs> the whole idea
2: of the smoke molds was such a good idea on paper, and
1: <laughs> 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 the hindsight, it was like what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we.
2: We did a yeah with a brewery called Fraser's Folly. Um, and it was a, uh, in South Africa is very episode f- five. We were with
1: Fraser. Yeah and the we, Yeah, we were with Fraser in episode five. We actually ended up uh, brewing a, a coffee start with him uh, which actually won goal in South Africa. It was desktop yeah, that was a few years ago. Um there's a very specific thing in South Africa, it's called mud coffee. Um if you ever sit around a campfire it's like a really strong coffee with like way too much condensed milk in it. Um, yeah. And yeah. we wanted to take that experience and make a beer out of it. So we made a sort of English-style coffee stout and then we were playing around with condensed milk you get these condensed milk extracts. Um, it kind of like essence. Came out
2: pretty well. Yeah, yeah. That was, that's been going for a few years now. Mm. And we've actually
1: did, we've done about five... We've done condense. a few. We yeah. actually
2: we, we work with another company um, quite often called League of Beers and they do kind of like a monthly mixed case. Um, and when the show came out in South Africa, um, you know, just six different beers that came out, we actually did like a mixed case takeover, and did a collab with each of the each of the breweries on Beer Country on the TV show. So we did a, a four by four black lager um, for inspired by the Land Rover, um, blacker in mm-hmm. a Land Rover oil leak kind of thing. Um, right. right? We did. We that did. Was with that was with Darling. We did a Fireside Pale Ale. That was with Saggy Stone. On the last one, the Moor Coffee Stout. Which other ones did we do? We did a blended beer um, with which was wild, wild Clover. Wild clover yeah. yeah, that was pretty interesting. That was good. They they make a smoky porter, a red ale no. called a Double Ale, and a lager. And we did a kind of like a three way blend, like almost like black and tan or you know whatever it is. But uh, that was okay. great. That was That, that was really cool. Um, yeah, and then did one with CBC as well A Mandarin Vice. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun Some of them are The only one that's really still on the market Though is the Moor Coffee But um, yeah, we're we we we're working on it We kind of chipsy brewers For what it's worth Like I, I don't think we'd call ourselves brewers But we do have a little homebrew club And everything like that So we know our way around the mash down and the kettle um, So it's fun when we go and work with the breweries You know, we usually... Bring the creative side of things, um, and you know, Carl was involved with advertising and copywriting. I had a product design and furniture design business before I went into beer and food. So the design side of things and the creative is where it's really, really cool to get stuck into the you know sink your teeth into the collabs. Um, right. you know, and then obviously we're obviously working with the bigger breweries, the guys like CBC and Darling. They've got all the really expensive toys. You know, sometimes it's nice, <laughs> to drive someone it's nice, it's nice driving someone else's Ferrari. You know <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. Fantastic. Yeah. So when when are we gonna see a season two? Yeah,
1: no, as long as we can find someone to fund it we'll we'll make a season two. You know the, it's a funny thing, yeah. we when we got into this whole thing we were like, Oh fuck, it'll be amazing, we'll make a beer T V show and then everybody will want to watch it. And then like if you had to name your top five beer T V shows, there's not many. Um because we soon realised that there's nothing more boring than watching two people drink beer. So, like, luckily, we have the food aspect of it. You know, food is a lot more visually appealing. You know, you can only do so many uh, pouring shots and, mmm, that was delicious. And they yeah. <laughs> 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 The biggest problem we found was the fact that it's got beer in the title. That was, like, in South Africa, we had, it was ridiculous. We had, like, you know, on a cigarette box, you've got the disclaimer at the bottom. We had a disclaimer over, like, the quarter of the screen when it was aired permanently while it was airing in South Africa. Um, like "I drink responsibly, alcohol is dangerous. Really? So, yeah, it's the first
4: time it's ever been done in South Africa, so we are officially the most dangerous show on South African television. <laughs> oh, wow. That's fantastic.
2: Yeah, which, which is quite cool, actually. Um,
1: so, it's so The only thing is, and, and, and Amazon didn't seem to mind at all.
2: But, you know, we try trying to get it on Netflix in South Africa. They don't even respond
1: to it. Yeah, it's, um, it's, a lot
2: of people are resistant to, to the alcohol side of things here. Um, and with it being quite a, you know, it is quite a food-heavy show. The, the beer's the excuse for everything. So, if you're going somewhere, it's to find beer. If you're cooking, it's with beer while you're drinking beer. If you're talking to someone, it's about beer. You know, that's, that's kind of where we headed with the show. And, right. you know, if we, if we do find a sponsor and everything like that for, for Season 2, you know, we definitely can't do what we did last summer, and tried individually and independently fund the whole thing. It's, that was tough. And it took time and everything like that. So, you know, I think there's still another season within South Africa.
1: Oh. For sure,
2: you know, they've changed you know, so dramatically. And then, um, you know, and also the further you go to Cape Town, you know, the smaller okay. the breweries get, but the better the stories get as well. So there's a lot exactly. of stories still, still to be told here. But then, you know, there's another whole thing of, you know, spreading the gospel to Bry and taking it to Europe and coming over and visiting you guys in Canada and the States. And, you know, if we can get that right, then it might be season three, season four, season five. You know, you never know. That's well. That's that's the that's the dream anyway. So we'll we'll see. We'll figure that out.
4: Yeah, no, that's crazy. That's uh, exactly. I think what people want to hear. What about outtakes? You guys have any outtakes or stuff that didn't make the reel that you release released on the YouTube channel or anything like that? Uh, we've actually got a lot of stuff. We haven't actually done any of that
1: though. Um, we do have a YouTube channel with a lot of other stuff on there, but we should probably yeah. You know,
2: <laughs> And I, like I'll tell you what, if we tell you guys yes now, that'll give us, oh, well, there'll be one in a month, and then <laughs> that'll put a lot. So we, we need, we really need deadlines um, in beer country, or else you just, you know, find other excuses to drink beer, and uh, not work the deadlines, so let's let's say a month we'll get an outtake reel together and let you guys know.
4: Yeah, I'll take some bloopers, man. Because, because,
2: because there were a lot. We had I, no business being on a TV show, so... We
1: fucked up all the time, and it, I mean, you learn, you learn as you go, and we, we, it feels ridiculous, you know, it, you, you kind of just, you've got to make it work, and when we were actually doing it, the kind of realization hits you, like, okay, we're doing this thing, we need to be semi-know-what we're talking about here, you know,
2: and, um, but, you know, you, you, you have quickly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like, yeah, it's here's a funny side story for you guys, talking about Wolfgang, Wolf, again, at CBC. And, you know, all the beers are German and we're outside and we're tasting the beers and doing this thing or whatever. And he's got some of his, it was Harvest Fest or whatever, which that root for at So in my head, I had this picture of like, you know, big long bench tables and waitresses with like, you know, big mugs <laughs> and everything like that. And so I said to him, dude, this beer tastes like Bavarian waitresses. So that didn't go to, that, that was kind of, no. that'll, go, that'll go into an outtake reel. Um, what yeah, was the look no, on his no, face no like listen, yeah it, it took about two seconds but then everyone just realized what happened. yeah myself <laughs> included <laughs> yeah.
4: no that's that's the stuff that we got to see on the youtube channel because i think that's the no, stuff right. that kind of sells it and yeah that'll be fantastic so talk to me a little bit about your favorite beer style so obviously beer we all we all like beer i think we can agree on but we gravitate towards different styles what are you guys drinking these days from a beer style perspective
1: sure it's um it's always changed for me at the moment i was one of those rpa guys for a long time it was you rpa rpa um but i like dark beer eh? like uh, it's winter in south africa now so for me it's dark beer most of the time and
2: I've kinda of done that sad craft beer thing that people do and, and go back to drinking a lot of Poulsen and lager. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know that that's the thing. Like a good a good parallel, good lago around the fire, you know, when you're drinking you know, into the session of things is is always good. Yeah. Um, I think that there's a lot of like a lot of good beers out and about at the moment. Like I say, the guys and girls in South Africa, specifically, you know, some of the bigger guys are putting out some really Quality exciting beers, but for me, where, where with me where I'm sitting, I'm a bit of a fan of a barnyard. So if I can get my hands on any like international Brett sours, um, yeah, you got me all day long. Um, you know some some of the beers in South Africa unintentionally come out with Brett in them. Um, yeah, which is which is not always good, but. Uh, yeah, we've had a couple of a couple of the sour styles and everything like that, especially like a bread saison or something like that. Um, yeah, you got me all day long. i am yeah, really new. really enjoyed it. That. It's only been going for, the last, for a year or so. We've really been seeing really good sour stuff. Yeah, and I mean we we get involved quite a bit on the I think for me on the food and beer pairing side of things. You know, we've we've got a recipe book that's just come out now in South Africa about two months ago. So especially when we're doing food and beer pairing events and everything like that, you know, getting those big, exciting left-field beers, and then what really excites me is getting, like, finding a pairing that works really well, and you get the kind of one-plus-one-makes-three thing happening, and for when that does happen, absolutely, then I'm in all day long. What about, uh, talk to me about your favorite South African brewery
4: at this point. I know that's probably tough when I put you on the spot, but. If I'm drinking a beer in South Africa, where where am I going?
1: Oh man, for me it's between uh, Cape Brewing Company and Devil's Peak. Uh, also or oh, actually and there's one called Ager Project, which is a brew pub uh, in a sleepy little town down the way. But those are
2: probably in the tough top yeah. for me. Well like if you're going if you're going and buying off a shelf, um, you know, the big guys are always safe and there's always one or two beers. You know, we've we had a chat at the Brewer's Power about um a South African craft beer identity and you know there's beers that are that are on the shelf now on the shelf now that tell stories. So it really is kind of a complete package and like devil's Peak, darling, C B C all day long it's always a safe bet. But then you know what Carl's talking if you guys had to come over to South Africa and go take us to one brewery. I think I'm I think I'm on board with Carl going, uh, we've got a friend called Rory. He's got a tiny little tap room or two a tap room in a an alehouse. Um, does no distribution, does no bottling, does no labeling, because he reckons his beers are best fresh when he's there and pouring them. And he Love it. Man, yeah. Unbelievable beers. So, yeah, if you guys are, are, are out here, that's where I reckon we'll take you. Ager Project, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, that's
4: fantastic. That sounds like what we want. So uh, a favorite American beer. If you guys are drinking American beer, what are you guys drinking these days?
2: Uh, we, we don't get a lot of it. We don't soon. get a lot of it. I've um, What? You know. We yeah.
1: We yeah. don't get any of the yeah, The only thing that we had recently was uh, there was a bunch of Sierra Nevada pale ale that came in, which is. I mean, Those you know, damn the,
4: guys at Sierra Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. they're, they're so good at distributing.
1: <laughs> no, I mean they didn't even bring it. Was one of the bottles? One of the the bottle
2: stores brought it over. Yeah. No, I mean every now and again I'm involved with. Um, you know, it's a little side story with the kind of whole burning man, burner community on that side and went over to one or two of the events there, mainly in Chicago. And so mm-hmm. we're running around Chicago for a bit, um, in and around there, guys like three Floyds, Pipeworks, Founders, um, which was really cool. Uh and then, you know, a couple of the other guys when they come out, yeah, we've got kind of a a burner beer exchange deal that happens. So if they come over to South Africa, they bring me beer from there. And the last guys came over; they were from Portland. So bought a bunch of kind of breakside and a six-pack of yeah. Yeah, yeah, we got a a nice, so Pliny. a Russian
4: River Pliny, boy.
2: <laughs> yeah, which is uh, which is unbelievable. You know, like we're in South Africa, it really is uh, kind of a crazy, crazy beer to get your hands on over here. Um, you know, it's pretty much hard enough to get a get on over in the States, I believe. So, so yeah, no, and then you know you're getting you're getting the big kind of hundred hundred point beers like the founders, the KBS um, Kentucky Bourbon stuff. We don't get it yet. We don't get <laughs> it <laughs> yet. But every now and again, you get a you know you'll get a couple of bottles and everything like that. And having those kind of beers is a real treat yeah. because it it sets a benchmark, especially with us making a coffee stout and making dark beers and everything like that. You know when you when you get something like that or someone like the Great Divide in Colorado. Where they've got that whole the whole Yeti range of beers, and you're getting like a espresso oak aged Yeti that's sitting at ten and a half percent or whatever, and it pours like old engine oil, you know, like <laughs> out of the bottle. Oh, yeah. um, and you go, oh wait, okay, shit. So now this is, what it is, this, awesome. is so this is what it's supposed to look like and taste like, not this. So, I mean, having having that kind of thing and having access to those beers is, is phenomenal. It's great. It's a lot of fun. I thought when AB India bought SFT breweries, we'd get lots of uh, American beer, but we're yet to see anything. Yeah, <laughs> anything. I think there are any guy's out here is, you know, they're, they're you're getting like a neat picture. Yeah, yeah, at the moment.
4: So I took a road trip from uh, Portland. We live in Portland. And uh, we took a road trip from Portland down to San Francisco. And I happened to just stumble upon Russian River which is down kind of in that San Francisco Bay area. And they were having their a birthday party for the brewery. And uh, I was like, oh, wow. Unbeknownst to me, I, I order a sampler platter. So, sampler platters are big at a lot of the local breweries. It gives you a chance to kind of taste of a bunch of stuff that's going on. Um, yeah. And so, most of the sample platters are like five or six samples. Russian River, they set theirs down. And it's, uh, what did we say, Gary? Was it a 24 sample platters. Yeah, like it was it right just outrageous. I'm like, are you shitting me? I still got to drive for the rest of the night to the hotel. Holy crap. <laughs> but Pliny, Pliny is absolutely a gold standard. I picked up a case of Pliny, distributed some out to people that haven't tasted Pliny before, but it set the gold standard for what kind of that big, bold IPA is. So.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, it's, it's one of the things we've actually, we've, we've spoken about this, you know, a little bit or in a few conversations. Um, you know, it, it might not be the biggest beer or the biggest IPA or the biggest thing, you know, in the States, but it is perfect. It's a, per- yeah. it's a perfect beer. So you drink it, you're like, oh, it's like it's faultless. You know, we've got, and, you know, you you asked us about one beer a year, if you had to taste, you know, a couple of the IPAs. Um, Devils Peak King's Blockhouse is the one, yeah. And it's a funny thing to see, you know, when you—it's it, probably not comparable to Pliny from a quality or from a, from a, from a, from a, you know, it's, it's, you know, comparing apples and oranges, it's two different beers. Right. But that's our kind of IPA that, you know, everyone, everyone remembers, you know, where where they were when we won the Rugby World Cup, and everyone remembers the first time they tasted a Devils Peak IPA kind of thing. And Fantastic. it's uh, now kind of, yeah, it's now kind of redeveloped for a South African palate, which ultimately, you know, to Carl's point earlier, is a lager palate. You know, we grew up in a lager country. You know, that was that was where we were because the sun shines here for 300 days of the year. And, you know, we, for the most part, before the whole craftier thing happened, it was literally, you know, it was lager. We had 10 different lagers out. on the shelf and one milk stuff that was also made by a South African brewery. So, you know, now you're looking at the IPA that did set the, like, gold standard here, and it's almost gone towards a, you know, a cleaner, crisper backbone, where a lot of the American IPAs have got quite a malt-heavy backbone, especially when you're looking at something like like an Itus IPA. Mm -hmm. So we have kind of now you're seeing kind of these South African beers that are still big, standout beers um, developed for a South African palate, which is really cool it's uh yeah that's
4: fantastic bonus guys well i appreciate you guys appreciate you guys being on the show and uh taking some time out of your evening here
2: cool thank you thank you guys
0: all right massive that was fun massive interview dude. that was a lot of fun mm-hmm. greg carl you guys were
3: absolutely fantastic absolute delight to listen mm-hmm. to what you guys were talking about um and one of the things is that if you watch their series, you know, and you kind of pick it up in the interview too, but, and and just to add on to that, Jason and I are actually starting to experience this more and more as we're going out to different breweries and doing the interviews at the breweries is it, it really turns into more of an experience than just a beer tasting. Yep. Um, which is really cool because you get you get the backstories on all this stuff, and you get to meet the people that are actually doing it, and it it just to me it makes it more real, um, and it makes it a hell of a lot more fun in my opinion. Yeah, you think
0: about Nick Everett Bridgeport and uh, in that final interview we had from Bridgeport, and some of the stories he talked about about sitting behind the bar. And he's not a bartender. He's the beer maker. Right. But watching people drink his beer and see what their faces did as they're drinking his beer. Yeah. And he's just a regular dude making good beer and um, making people smile. Making people smile or making people frown, but then making decisions on what he's going to brew next or how he's going to tweak that recipe to make them smile.
3: Yeah. And, and what I love about what what beer country the beer country guys are doing is they've taken it that next step now to where it's like, okay, here's here's a beer, but here's also the food and how that pairs. yeah, and what I loved about this series is it it wasn't about fine maybe ultimately it's about finding the perfect match, but They even said there was pairings that just didn't go well. Right. But they tried it. It was the experimentation that I thought was really, really cool. Well, look these guys up. It's Beer Country um, in South Africa,
0: if you type it into Google. They talked about a book. I looked up their book today. It's Beer Food Fire. You can buy it on Amazon. You can check out their TV show, Beer Country, on Amazon. And, uh... It is phenomenal. And Like I said, very, very good watching the series. Six quick, very, very well produced and absolutely hilarious episodes absolutely. on beer and barbecue. Yeah. And then a recipe book to follow. So check them out. They're great. And uh, we hope to do the bottle exchange with you guys soon. I think uh, we'll send you some, fi- some of Oregon's finest and hopefully uh, get some of South Africa's finest as well. That'd be cool. And we gotta go visit Wolfgang, you and I. I think that'd be a fun trip. <laughs> I really do.
3: I just got me a fly rod. We can go both go fly fishing down yeah, there. Yeah, go fly fishing down there, test the beers, do some you know, get some brae. Get some brae, hang
0: out with uh the boys from beer country. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. That'd be a
3: blast.
2: Well,
0: that's all I got, yeah. buddy. You got anything else?
3: I don't think so. Well, I don't think so.
0: What about Tim? Tim got anything else? Good old Timmy. Nothing I'd... from Tim. Drinking his twelve pack of Miller High Life. <laughs> I'm telling you, changing you all one by one. Once you try Miller High Life,
3: you know what? Craft brew screwed at that point. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is, is I'm waiting to see a, a picture from Tim drinking that in a in a wife beater. Yeah. Or right. one of one of the old white uh, tank tops.
0: Well, you guys have a great week. Um, Enjoy the weather. Wednesday night soccer crew, we'll see you out at Summer Lake Park. Uh, Greg and Carl, awesome. Appreciate the help there and uh, wish you guys well. Definitely. All right, buddy. And here's to a season two. Season two for Beer Country. All right, with that, Tim Beers.